Hello and welcome to the EMG Gold podcast. I'm your host, Sam Boyassi from EMG Health, and today I'm pleased to be joined by Nina Antinora, founder and CEO of Change It Up. Thanks so much for joining us, Nina. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. I'd love to give our listeners a quick intro to your background before we start the interview, just in case they don't know who you are, Nina. But as I said, Nina is the founder and CEO of Change It Up, which is a personal and professional development company that provides specialized programs and coaching to up-level life and business success. Nina is a mindful strategist who has over 22 years experience working with leadership teams for global Fortune 500 companies. She's also a number one best-selling author and the founder and president of the nonprofit A Gift from Suzanne Foundation. What a background. I have so many questions, Nina, so I'm going to dive straight in. What first interested you in the importance of mindfulness and having a growth mindset in business? Well, Sen, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so in my previous career leading massive events and training programs, I was in an environment that was extremely fast-paced, stressful, and to be honest, exhausting. The more responsibility that was added to my plate, the more I began to lose myself in my job and ultimately became depleted. Now, when I say lose myself, I mean I lost sight of the bigger picture of my purpose and passion because I was always focusing on the big picture of the project and my teams. So because of the multiple facets of the job, you know, from the deadlines and the long hours spent traveling overseas and not being able to quote, come up for air, I realized how much this was truly affecting my overall well-being and my original passion for what I was doing. So I took a moment to finally pause. And I always use this term with my teams and clients to stop zoom out and refocus. And what I found was what inspired me most and what I loved the most about my role was the connections and the engagement with people, collaborating, sharing synergies and mentoring others. But I didn't have the capacity or the time to focus as much as I liked to on those things in between managing budgets and schedules and content development and all that. And I started to notice that I was becoming more and more frustrated as time went by. Now, I've always been an extremely positive and resilient person. And one could even say that I had a growth mindset since I was born. But after 17 years in the same industry, I just started losing my positive mindset. It's true. And I I decided to take my own advice to stop, zoom out, refocus, and learn more about emotional intelligence and how practicing mindfulness can help me regulate my own emotions and soft skills as a leader. And um, unbeknownst to me at the time, what I actually found was my calling. And after implementing the tools that I learned through my mindfulness journey, I decided to retire from my previous career and launch Change It Up to help others before they even reach that moment of burnout, to increase their own awareness and 
change their mindset in order to improve their situation, whether it's at work or at home. I love that because so often I think people just forget to take that moment to reflect and have that self-awareness to be able to come to that realization. And the fact that you are able to do that and are now trying to encourage other individuals to do that is, is just brilliant because sometimes we need other people to tell us to do that instead of getting to that point ourselves. Absolutely. Um, and Change It Up encourages people to challenge the status quo and be disruptive. And I'm really interested in knowing in particular is it more challenging working with those in more conservative and I guess highly regulated industries like healthcare and pharma? Or would you say it doesn't necessarily matter what industry, it's it's the same across the board? Yeah, so I wouldn't say challenging. More like what you said, since it's a highly regulated industry. So all of the programs and coaching that I provide, they really must go hand in hand with the organization's current processes, analytics, and their strategic platforms. And since I have so much experience within the pharma and healthcare space, I'm able to seamlessly integrate these soft skills with their existing training or as a way to bridge unmet needs across any business unit. For example, to enhance communication, collaboration, and increase productivity all through mindfulness. That makes a lot of sense. I, I was particularly interested kind of staying on the subject of um, healthcare and pharmaceuticals industries in particular, because that's the, the main industry that we focus on in EMG Health. As someone who coaches a range of leaders uh, within the pharma industry, do you find that your approach is quite different when it comes to coaching medical or commercial professionals, or, or is the principle the same? Yeah, so the principles are actually the same, no matter the role or even the industry. Where it does differ a bit for the medical and commercial sides is it's more the approach or the delivery. So unlike internal training, that's relative to a new product launch or let's say a new indication, um, this type of facilitated learning, it really has no bounds on the information shared cross-functionally, whereas the commercial and medical sides have some areas that are not part of each other's core competencies. So their training might be slightly different for each business unit. But yeah, mindfulness and any type of soft skills or emotional intelligence training, it really applies to everyone. I find that so interesting as someone who comes from a commercial background and now for the last few years, having been in a non-commercial mm. role, it, it's so fascinating to understand that. But I, I completely, what you just said makes sense and I definitely resonate with that. I, Nia, I wanted to talk to you a bit more about you and how you manage your time because Alongside your role as CEO, you've also set up a charity and you maintained hobbies such as hiking and traveling, which is so fascinating. But how do you manage your time to fit everything in and maintain a healthy work-life balance? So, yeah, this by far, it, it was definitely the hardest for me years ago. I never said no. I always put my career before my personal life and my relationships and to be honest, I had really poor balance before my increased awareness. And through my mindfulness practice, I'm able to set better, actually 
more healthy boundaries. So boundaries are definitely key to creating any type of balance. Can you give us some examples of that? I know that it's it's something that comes up quite a lot and I don't know whether sure. I can apply it to just uh, being a woman, I guess, but often I, whenever I do speak to female leaders, they have at some point experienced um, what you just said, the inability to say no and this need and pressure to have to put work ahead of your own life. So sure. I'd be really interested to find out a bit more if you are happy to share what, what some of those balances look like and perhaps some examples that people can learn from. Okay, yeah, sure. So one example would be if you're not, you find yourself not spending enough time with your children. And actually a client of mine um, was just talking to me about this. And Things like that, you know, that is so important, family and your children, but so is work. And as you said, the pressures of um, whether it's being a woman or just a leader in general of knowing when to um, not put things off, but to reschedule and to set different priorities and understand that you're there, you're giving 100, 110% to your job in your role. But you also need to schedule in time to take care of yourself and self care and to be there not only for yourself, but for your family. So I would say what I would do sometimes is I would actually block off, I wouldn't be able to do an hour most of the time, but block off a half an hour. And that's my personal time. So it's whether, and I also do things called the mindful minute, and that could be either literally a minute or it could be 10 minutes or as long as you have. And it's to step away and go to the bathroom. I mean, how many times do we sit there at our desk with our legs crossed because mm -hmm. we're, not, <laughs> we're not able, we yeah. think we're not able to step away. I mean, that's actually probably the simplest and the most obvious boundary to set is go to the bathroom, go get water, make sure you're drinking water. Um, so it's really being aware and cognizant of, you know, the things that are falling to the wayside because you're focusing all of your attention and more importantly, your energy, you know, where, wherever our, um, our attention goes, our energy flows, right? So if we're constantly just going from now, it's, you know, all online. So it's like Zoom after Zoom and call. Um, we're not taking care of ourselves. So it's, it's forcing yourself to have that awareness. I, I would say that's the first step is to have the awareness. And that's really where mindfulness comes in, right? Hmm. Um, so my, think about mindfulness as a tool to boost your soft skills and everything that goes along with that. And the key is awareness. So in order to set a healthy boundary, you first must have the awareness of what's working and what's not working for you. Absolutely. And I also like the idea around scheduling in some time for yourself. And, and as you said, it can just be a minute um, of yep. mindfulness and, and just stepping away. And yeah, I love that. Great. Yeah, And it's about advice. changing your, your energy, mm. you know, and if we're, this is also really good for stress just to step away and to pause, like I was saying, to stop and zoom out before you respond in haste, 
where actually it's not a response, it's a reaction mm. to an email. Just pause, go to the bathroom, go get some water, go, if you can, go outside for at least two minutes and really practice being aware of your surroundings and listen to the birds and think about something other than that situation and know that there's, <laughs> there's, more, there's more to life than just that immediate moment that you think, you know, is the end all be all. I'm learning so much from you. I, feel like I need to do a lot of that because you're absolutely right. You are reacting um, rather yeah. than responding, which is so, so true. Um, and you've just articulated it beautifully. So thanks for that. Um, as a leader promoting the value of mindset, how important has it been for you to surround yourself with teams and people who share your passion and really understand the concept of that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's really important for me, both, I'd say, professionally and personally, to surround myself with other like-minded and passion-filled people. And I encourage my clients to find at least one other person. This is, this is something good, too, that you I think you'll like. Find one other person on their team that they can buddy up with um, to help each other be accountable for their behavior and mindset at work. And find someone that not only exhibits this at work, but you know that they actually live this in their personal life from a growth mindset and encourage and support each other. And, oh, I also avoid at all costs what I call death by commiserating. You know, the office gossip or oh, right. the drama <laughs> inducing yeah, situations. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about don't get involved and waste your energy on something negative mm. like that. People need to vent, I understand. But you are providing way more value for the other person from a growth mindset approach rather than exacerbating the negative spiral of their current state by adding on to what they are already complaining about. Mm. Brilliant advice. Thank you so much again for that, Nina. Now, I've got a final question for you, which is all about how do you encourage people who are skeptical or maybe not necessarily skeptical, but as you said earlier, perhaps people sometimes don't really take the time to recognize and appreciate the need for their own personal development. So how do you encourage people like that to really bring this type of learning into their career and working life consistently? Hmm. That is a great question. I love this question. Um, yeah, so the first thing is to provide clarity around what mindfulness actually is and what it's not. So the knee-jerk reaction I get often is, hmm, I've never meditated before. Is that what mindfulness is? And the answer is that meditation is a form or a practice within the mindfulness umbrella, but being mindful and implementing the three mindful pillars is something that we can all implement all the time, every day, in any situation. So it's the ability to bring awareness to the current moment without any judgments. Now, if you think about how powerful that intersection truly is, where awareness in the present moment meets non-judgment of self or others, 
we then have the ability, as we were saying earlier, to respond instead of react, to problem solve from a clear and concise mindset, to increase our time management and productivity. Um, we can flex our empathic abilities to better relate, connect, and engage, enhance our listening skills, and therefore improve our feedback. Mm -hmm. We can reduce stress and increase resilience. Now, wouldn't everyone like that? So just to summarize, um, personal and professional development absolutely go hand in hand. It's connected. Mm. Um, but when people say it's only business, not personal, that's where I disagree because we are the person that's showing up in every interaction, whether it's at home with our spouse, friends, kids, or at work with other sales reps or MSLs with external HCPs and KOLs and any other acronym out there, mm. we are responsible for our part of the interaction. So up-leveling our soft skills through mindfulness is truly, really an integral part of any business unit's, actually any overall organization's success. I love that. And it reminded me of a situation that I was once in when I managed someone a few years ago. And we we had this review process whereby one of the questions is, what have you been doing for your own personal development? Mm. And I remember this um, this girl saying, oh, I've just, you know, I, I don't really think this is worth mentioning, but I've started um, doing yoga. Um, but I know it's not related to work, so, so don't worry about that. And I said to her, actually, no, absolutely, that's related to your work as well, because the stuff that you're learning from that and the impact that that has on, as you said, your mindfulness or general well-being is, you know, also going to have an impact on the way that you work and the results that you produce and your overall happiness. So yes. um, it kind of just reminded me of that as you were, as you were saying that. Um, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that's right on. I mean, you think about it, like we, we really are that person showing up to every interaction and it's, the um, productivity of the conversation is based on what our mental and emotional states are at that time. Mm, absolutely. I could speak to you for hours, Nina, but yes. unfortunately, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. I've learned a lot and, and I've definitely, I'm sure our listeners will be learning a lot from you as well. So thank you for sharing your story and your insights with us. Thanks for having me. And thank you, too, to all of our listeners. Uh, please do join us again next week for another episode of the EMG Gold Podcast. Please take care. Until then. Bye.